So good morning, everyone. SmartGirlMedia.com for the socially savvy agent on my podcast. You can probably by now find it everywhere. I rebuilt it. So iTunes, yes, iHeartRadio, Anchor, because that's where it's hosted. And it's really easy to build a podcast, believe it or not. It is really easy to build a podcast. Good morning. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All of that. Uh, So here we go. Good morning from Arizona. Hey, Trina. Hey, Trina. Morning, Ethel. I saw you. I saw you were first, Ethel. You're first. And everybody, I'm just letting you know now, putting Ethel on the spot. I'm going to interview Ethel for another topic on content because it matters. Some things she's kind of figured out already. So let's get into it. So I don't have to keep you here all day. Sarah, all you have to do is... I. That's the running joke because I make everything sound easy. All you got to do is, and this is how. So here we go. And by the way, let me just tell you right out the gate because I know everyone can't join for the entire time. You can watch the replay on IGTV. You can listen to the audio on the podcast. By uh, Usually I repost it the following Friday. So last week should come out at about 9.30 today on the podcast. Um, Marky Lemons and I are hosting six-figure real estate training. It's every Tuesday, not the 29th. We might have to have a recap on the 29th. Every Tuesday in December at 6.15 Central Time, you can register, no cost, really focused on Illinois agents, but I give you tips no matter what state you're in. Um, So everything is in, sorry, everything is in my bio. You can register, no cost. So if you haven't already registered, go and register. Then we send you an email with the replay. Yes, at no cost. How cool. And all of you should join us in our group, Real Estate Live on Facebook, literally facebook.com slash groups slash real estate live. And the link is in the bio, my bio in Linktree. So join us there. I am going to do a 15 minute or less how to on how to calculate month supply and absorption rate and how to use it again because some people need to learn how to calculate that manually because you don't have the you don't have the data or you don't have the software that does it for you i bet you probably do you just don't know it. so proven ways to get hired as a real estate agent realtor broker owner because it really does depend now uh so let me ask this question um when we talk about being an agent, you have to learn how to provide value. You have to learn how to provide value. We think, and real estate agents really do make real estate look easy. We have a lot of people that come into the industry and then all of a sudden they realize, I don't know what I don't know. And if you do the, if you literally do this one thing, and by the way, I hated math in high school. In my uh, bachelor's program, I only had to take statistics. Don't ask me how I got out of taking all this math. Um, well, I'll tell you, I went back as an adult and there were things you could skip if you did these, uh, adult programs, but I did have to take stats and we think in high school, we're like, are we ever going to use this stuff? Everything you think you don't use it. You look at history. We look at data. We look at math. Yes. If you learn how to sew a button, you will end up putting a button back on a coat. So everything we learn up until this point helps you with value. So. Do you know how to explain data? If you do this one thing, and there's another instructor that I know, his name is Jerry Hoffman. If he, I don't even know if he has a blog or anything, but if you ever catch him in training in Illinois, 
he really, he works for big brokerage. He will tell you, he works for Keller Williams. And he's like, you don't need any of the stuff they offer. All you need to do is learn how to explain data. Data is the key to your success. So if you learn how to explain it and you talk to your buyers, your sellers, your tenants, your landlord, your investors, and if you want the replay on Dumpster Dive for Deals, it's on YouTube. Go follow, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. I can show you how you know the numbers the numbers it will change your ability to convert a buyer or a seller now there are times when the buyer will say i still want to write a lowball offer 20 percent below ask but you have proven to them that the data data matters you know we hear the news uh, we got to go with the data we got to go with the science it really does matter so let me give you an example if you call me to list your house first thing i do is i look at the numbers and you do also need to be honest with the seller or the buyer. So if you call me to list your house today, the first thing I do is I look at the numbers. There's a few things I do. Now, if you're a new agent, get listen, get out your new real estate agent's journal, flip to any page at this point, probably around um, page 92. This is where I would be writing because you need to always be learning. Write, like you, this is what you need to write down. When you are working with a seller and someone calls you, first of all, you need to get all of their information. Then you need to find out what they've updated. So the first, one of the first things I would do is I, I wanna know everything about the house. So you wanna know everything about the house. So know everything. The second thing I wanna do is I wanna know, you, you can figure out when they bought it, but you can still ask the question. The next thing you wanna know is what have they updated? in the house nothing in the last 10 years okay great thank you because now we got a different challenge the next thing I, I will do is when i get off the phone with the client now oh there there's some other things you might do do you know where all your paperwork is from 10 years ago and they're like um yes what i need you to do is i need you to go to the basement i need you to go to the bedroom i need you to go find all of that paperwork in this giant title folder that you never looked at and i need you to get it because the attorney's going to need it and we might need to look at that survey then I will go to my tax records or the assessor's office in my county. You can get all this information online. Then I will create a market analysis. I might look at an automated value model. And if you don't know this, you can also um, get data from RPR. So you can also get data from RPR. So um, RPR will give you a Realtors value model. It's like an automated value model. It's a starting point, it's a conversation, it is not a replacement for a market analysis. Then I'll go do the market analysis. So I go pull the tax records, I go find the old listing sheet if it's available. I might even go to the county to see if there are any liens on the property. The next thing I do is I go to my MLS and I look at data based what's happening. So I wanna know what happened in the last month in the market. I wanna know what happened, write this down, in the last three months. I want to know what happened in the last six months. And I really want to know what happened from March in Illinois through today, because March, there was a, a pivot. There was a shift in data because that's when we had a halt in everyone that said they were going to sell. I shouldn't say everyone, but a huge percent of the people that said they were going to sell, they were like, wait a minute, COVID, I'm not going outside. And so people didn't list. So you need to, so you want to look at data from 12 months maybe nine months, six months, three months, and the last 30 days. And then I, depending on your state. So if I was in New York, same thing. 
because New York, I think, closed before us. I want to. So for me, I want to look at March 15th through today because the data really does matter. And then when I have a conversation with the owner, I want to tell them this. I want to tell them how long based on their house and within a mile of the house or the same subdivision, or it might be the same block. It might be a certain side of Route 38 or whatever city you're working in. Because in, in school districts, they do matter. Uh, you need to look at all these factors. And then when you have a conversation with the seller, you can say, okay, let's have a real conversation. You haven't updated your house in the last 10 years. That's okay. Because maybe the market is so hot that price is suggested and you know you're gonna end up in a multiple offer situation. So you know you're gonna end up in a multiple offer situation. So you wanna say these keywords to the seller. And I have not created an awesome, pretty CMA. Based on your home, based on today's market, because you wanna explain what happened in the last 12 months, it is taking this number of days to go to contract. And when the seller goes, ooh, I can't sell that fast. The next, this is how you show your value. Well, can you tell me why you want to sell your house? Wait for the pause because they're thinking, oh, I don't want to share all my details. Then you might need to say, just in case you don't know this, I have a fiduciary responsibility to you. Anything you say to me as your agent, and you should be giving your agents um, a disclosure that talks about designated agency, even if they don't decide to list with you. Anything you share with me is confidential, even if they list with someone else. So anything they say to you is confidential because you are acting as their agent while you're creating a market analysis. So now, now that you know why they're moving, seller said, I need to move to Texas, or let's say I need to move to Arizona because I have allergies. Okay, so what did the doctor tell you? You need to go right away. Okay, so you said to me, the doctor said you need to move or you need to, be, the doctor didn't really say you need to move, but you need to be in a climate where, because we've done everything and you've got allergies and it's time to go, or they need to relocate, or they need to go take care of a family member in another state, whatever the reason is, because when you get to the heart of why they need to move, then you can help the seller make a decision. So Mr. And Mrs. Seller, you told me this is why, you told me this is why you need to move. So now that you need to move, let's talk about strategy. If you're telling me you're afraid the house is going to sell too fast, let me connect you with a real estate agent in Arizona. I've got the perfect person. And then, and then you can see the, that they relax. When you are beyond just, oh, I need to list your house. I need to list your house. Just sign here. You have provided value. And the other cool thing is now you've already given them a resource in another state so they can start the process right away. A lot of times people don't want to move because inventory is low right now, depending on your state and depending on your market and depending on your market, because we could be in a seller's market based on bedroom count in my city. And we could be in a buyer's market based on buyers, um, based on bedrooms and depending on price point. So every market is different. All right. So. You can provide value that way. So do you know the difference between a buyer's market, a seller's market, and a stable market? Tell me, yes or no, in the feed. Yes or no. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining. Good morning, good morning, good morning. So do you know the difference between a buyer's market, a stable market? How about a distressed market? Do you know the difference? Yes or no? Yes, yes. 
Yeah, Ethel, you you need you better know, right? Do you know the difference? Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> sort of. Okay, I like honesty. Hey, David. Yeah, and David knows. David, shout out to um, Sue Familia. Shout out. Um, Romeo said, yes, I need to remember the numbers. Okay. Yes, yes, I don't. Okay, Marie, I've got you. A um, lot of yeses. Yes, from the class Tuesday. It, listen, I went over all the numbers on Tuesday. Not distress, no distress. You don't know, you don't, you don't understand a distressed market. I don't know what a distressed market is. Okay, I watched on Tuesday. I don't even think I talked about distress. I don't think. Hey, Leslie. Leslie is a rock star. Let me tell you, I'm going to interview Leslie. I'm going to let her tell you her own story. Rock star. You don't think you can work a regular job and be a producer, a top producer. I'm going to interview Leslie. And so Leslie and Ethel, watch. We're, we're, we're going to do something in December to, to make their heads hurt. Okay. So the difference between a buyer's market, a seller's market, and a stable market, and let's talk about distressed and non-distressed. Okay. If you are in our um, marketplace, we use a tool called InfoSparks. You can also, it, it is owned by Showing Time. It might be called something else in a different market. So watch for it. I think on Saturday in Real Estate Live, for those of you that are watching now, Saturday, I haven't picked a time yet. I'm going to show you how to calculate um, the seller's market, the buyer's market, and the stable market with Marky and I, about 15 minutes or less. If you're listening to the replay, just go to Real Estate Live and it'll be in one of the units. So um, a buyer's market. I, did, I thought I did not. I think I did. So here, here it is. And I think I typed it in the feed. So a seller's market, a seller's market is when it takes, and forgive the typos, three months or less to absorb the inventory, three months or less to absorb the inventory. So let me explain it like this. If you're in a seller's market, and let's say you have 20 houses on the market, assuming none of you list a house in that marketplace, and it's taking three months or less to sell off that inventory, that's a seller's market. That means houses are moving a whole lot faster. Now, if you get something under one month or less, that's like a super seller market. And I just made that up in the last month or so, like properties are moving really fast. And, if, and so the, and, and when we talk about getting hired, this is one of the hardest metrics to explain to a seller or buyer. But you need to at least be able to say, I don't know if you know this, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, but you are in a seller's market. That means inventory is low. So if you write that down, Mr. and Mrs. Seller or Mr. Seller or investor, you're in a seller's market. That means it is our inventory is low and there are, and you know, it's, it's um, the supply and demand. There are more buyers than there are properties for sale. So a seller's market, there are more buyers then there are properties on the market. Okay, so that's a seller's market. Now, a buyer's market is when there are, it's, uh, it's taking seven months or more to absorb the inventory. Excuse me, age, boy, when I talk. Um, so it's taking seven months or more. So that could mean in a specific marketplace, you could have 200 houses for sale and not, and, and not enough buyers. So a buyer's market means I have choices. 
I have power. A seller, three months or less, the seller has power. That's why we end up in multiple offer situations. In a buyer's market, the buyer has power. Now, it still doesn't mean someone can come in at 50% of ask, but if you had a property on the market over 300 days, you probably have power. And by the way, that does not include new construction because a builder might use the same listing to sell houses. So you might want to get rid of that outlier. <clears throat> Good morning, Justin. Everybody go follow J.B. Letheby. That's Justin. He's another instructor. Go follow him today. Go follow him today. So, oh, he's the e-professor with real estate, right? So um, in a buyer's market, the buyer has power. And right now, in most of our marketplaces, we are in a seller's market. So now I'm talking to the buyer. Seller's market or buyer's market? Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, you <clears throat> were currently in a seller's market. So that means the house you looked at today, someone else looked at an hour before you, and they already wrote an offer. This is why, for those of you, here's value. You must have DocuSign, DotLoop, some e-signature program, a hello sign, Adobe sign. There's all these programs. If you can't write a contract in five minutes or less, you are not providing value to your buyer or your seller. And if you're telling me you don't have the money, for those of you that have Remind, R-E-M-I-N-E, -E, there's an e-signature product. Shouldn't cost you anything in our marketplace. So if you don't have an e-signature program, make sure you have one. Okay, so buyers, so seller's market, buyer, you need to be ready to write an offer. And here's providing value to your buyer. Make sure they are fully underwritten with the loan officer. And then when you go to write an offer, here's value. Because this is what, you know, we think we write an offer, we submit it, we're done. No, write this down if you're working with a buyer. You need to be able to write a really good email. And here's another thing we don't do as agents. If you know you're going to end up in a multiple offer situation, tell your buyer to write a really good letter to that seller on why they want that house. Not they need it, why they want it, right? How they can see their family in this house, how they know, you know, um, they've taken this property, these owners have taken care of the home and you're going to do the same. And if they ever want to come back to see the house, they can, whatever you got to do. And you're going to write this email that sells the buyer and you're going to compose the email. And I like bullet points. Don't send me an email with three paragraphs. I probably read the first and I'm out. So you're going to bullet point this and you're going to send it to the listing agent. Then you're, listen, you wish you were. I love that. You wish you were writing the letter because if you didn't, the agent that sold the property in the email is the agent that might win the deal. Now, here's another way to provide value. You need to show up to every networking event on Zoom right now because we need to meet each other and connecting on Instagram to meet agents. I did that for one of my buyers. It enabled us to be under contract. See, Marie, like Maria told you, if you want to sell it you and provide value to your buyer, that's huge. It'll change the game. Okay, so now let's talk about a, and I didn't type this in. So a buyer's market. Um, let me, let me, so we talked about a seller's market a little bit, and then I gave you the numbers for a buyer's market. So seven months or more. So seven months or more is a buyer's market. That means it's taking over seven months to absorb the inventory. So what does that now mean? That means, and Dominique, yeah, we need to chat because I need to interview you about uh, NACA. <laughs> we need to do that. Might have to have you and Sheena on the same webinar, on the same Zoom call. So when 
have to be careful for hair, fair housing letters. Um, that that would be true, but just I'd have to ask. I'd have to know more about that. Um, if you're the listing agent, you, you the sell you. This is where fair housing could come into play. The the seller needs to be emotionally removed. They need to just read the letter. I'm not putting my family in there. I'm not putting my photos. This, the listing, the seller needs to be emotionally detached, but that's where this, the, that's a whole nother conversation for another day. And I need about three more people on that fair housing call. So I'm not, so if, a, if we were in a buyer's market and we are not in a buyer's market, and I said, it depends because when I look at data, there are some areas where prices are above, um, they're sitting on the market longer because they're in the price point that's may not be deemed affordable. And I say may not be deemed affordable because affordable to me might be different affordable to someone that's buying on the North shore. Properties that are sitting on the market could end up in a buyer's market. Now, if you look at 2013, especially in our marketplace, true buyer's market, remember it's inventory. If we have a lot of inventory and not as many buyers, buyers have power. So something to think about. And I would watch in 2022. I would watch that in 2022 because that could happen. Now here's a stable market for, let's see, we are in multiple offers. Um, and the letter is what gave the advantage. Yes. Um, it says, uh, Patty saying, look at main street update email on NAR. Okay. So yeah, definitely, you know, go do your research. Um, and, and they're saying why you shouldn't do letters, but I'm let me say this. I am not here to tell you how to run your business. I'm giving you suggestions. Go do your own research. But let me say this. People do like to know that you are going, that you have someone that loves their house. So you can, you can keep that safe. And, and I would debate that all day long because there's a lot of things I could debate with NAR. And I'm someone that will send an email to the CEO of NAR in addition to Main Street. So anyway, I digress. And typically, and I'm just going to keep it real with all, all of you. Here we go. Take it with a grain of salt. We don't typically have a problem with fair housing. It is what it is. We don't typically have a problem with fair housing. And I'll just leave it at that. I am in a multiple offer situation. And I did a letter last night. The agent forwarded to the seller. And the seller thanked us for the letter. See? There you go. The letter works, see? And I'm, like I said, 100, Realtor Mario. And like I said, minorities typically don't have a problem with fair housing. So that's for another day. All right, so uh, stable market, let's move on. Um, stable market, four to six months. That's when, buyer, you wanna come say hi to everybody? You don't have my hat on, do you? You gotta lean over, say, say good morning. Morning. Where are you going? To the office for a Oh, he's he's going to work. Oh, check. Did somebody did a check come in? Yeah, Mark likes money. He likes to go pick up checks. Um, so yep, my seller went with a buyer because of a letter. Listen, I like I said, we don't typically have a problem with fair housing. Uh feel free to DM me and have a conversation about that. All right, so everybody says good morning, Mark. She just said, call her. I'm kidding. Um, all right. So stable market, stable market, four to six months. This is when buyer and seller come together. Buyer and 
<laughs> Leslie, right? Buyers and sellers come together and negotiations are pretty fair. They're pretty equal. What does that mean? That means there are just as many buyers as sellers. So negotiation is a little bit different. And, uh-oh. Gotta love the internet. Gotta love the internet. And I, I want to complain about my new phone service, but we won't. <laughs> yeah, she was laughing because she's like, don't you call me before noon. Um, okay, you're probably up till 4 a.m. and then you're joining me. All right, here we go. I digress. So four to six months is a stable market. Now, closer to four or five, you know, and if you ever get to hear Lynn Madison, Lynn Madison is a national, international speaker, and she really does a good job with this. She was part of writing the pricing strategy course. Thank you, Ethel. So four to six months is a stable market. That's when we're kind of fairly negotiating. I think 2021, we're still going to be in a little bit of a seller's market. Do I, in 2022, now I also think 2022, we might see, don't worry, Leslie, we know that's that autocorrect. Um, so we might see distressed deals. So what is a distressed market? A distressed market is when we have a lot of inventory from the banks or we have a lot of short sales. So back in, I think it was 10, 11, 12, 13, maybe 14, kind of getting out in 15, if there are more distressed deals on the market, prices can go down. Prices will often go down. So with that said, um, and, and I don't think we'll ever get back to the same distressed market as 11, 12, and 13, um, because the banks had a lot of what we call hidden inventory or shadow inventory. Banks would not put properties on the market as fast. Had they done that, our market would have truly crashed. So here's what's happening. Right now, there is pretty much a stay on foreclosing on your home. Um, now, and I say this, and I, I'm not an attorney, I'm not a loan officer, but my loan officer friends like to send me Snapchats and emails and text messages, and they'll say, Carrie, we need to have a class on short sale foreclosures because it's coming. So next year, I suspect once we get this vaccine and once we can get the virus under control, don't be mad at me when I say wear your mask because there's some people really close to me right now that got the coronavirus that shouldn't have. So if we can get this virus under control when summer comes back, right? Then what's going to happen is banks are going to say, okay, you should now be able to go back to work. But there are some people that won't go back to work. So we're going to end up seeing short sales and foreclosures. Now, if your property, if you walked away from your property, here's where you provide value. Someone calls you up and they're like, Carrie, I can't pay my mortgage. Okay, let's have a conversation. Look, I'm going to tell you what to say. Stop saying you don't know what to do. The first thing you're going to say is tell me your situation. And by the way, everything you say is confidential. You have a fiduciary responsibility. Let that seller unload on you. Don't have nightmares about it, but you need to know what they're going through because this is real. There are people right now that can't pay their mortgages and they did the forbearance and now they're like the bank is calling saying, okay, it's time for you to pay. Tell your seller to get out a notebook, go buy the notebook from the Dollar Tree or send them a notebook, tell them, get a sheet of paper. I say a notebook and tell them write like three columns, the date, the name of the person they talked to and what they talked about. And whoever it is, Sally, whoever, Sally, is there anything else I can do? It, can I put my payments that I couldn't afford on the back of the mortgage? I just started working again. 
And if they say no, you need to be like my husband, Mark. Well, clearly you can't help me. No disrespect. I need to talk to your supervisor. Like you got to keep talking. You've got to keep having, um, I'll come back to those. You've got to go back to, you need to have power and control. But when your client writes everything down, when they write all everything down and they can track it, if they ever have to go to court, they've got history that they tried to keep the house. And in residential, this is why all of you in residential, and some of you need to really hear this, you need to make sure you're providing value. And this would be one of those scenarios because that seller may be able to stay in their house and they're not going to sell it as a short sale and they're not going to hire you that day. But they will refer you like crazy because you provided value. It is a guarantee to get hired and referred. Um, I got to think about how to say this. Not too long ago, I had an agent um, have a conversation with me about a situation where they bought a house they, that was not repaired like it should have been. And she provided great value on what they should do and what they can do. So provide the value. And even if that homeowner can't sell today, you become their advocate and you become the person that they refer to. Here's another example. Had a person call me, not too far from here, Dalton, about four years ago. Um, daughter called. It, it, it's not too late to still be good, right? Daughter called and said, Carrie, my mother can't afford the mortgage. I said, tell me everything. Mother can't afford the mortgage. Now the mortgage, the, um, I think they only owe $50,000. I was like, okay, let's really have a conversation. And this is where you put on the hat of a counselor. I probably should find my uh, hat. I got a hat that says CEO, CFO, educator on it. I probably should get one that says counselor, negotiator, et cetera. We had a conversation and I said, tell me, tell me how many kids does your mom have? Three, four. Okay. How much is the monthly payment? $250, $300 with taxes, whatever it was. I said, okay, you're telling me your mom can't afford the house. What should you do? As a child who has a mom, I would say, I'm going to need all of you to get together and pay your mother's mortgage. There there is no benefit for me to try to put this person out of their house and they don't want to live. This is where you provide value. Okay. Um, so I saw a statement, stable market, and someone said, uh, who benefits in a stable market? Buyer and seller. Buyer and seller benefit in a stable market. When it's closer to four, maybe the seller. When it's closer to six or seven, then definitely a buyer. Um, and this is where you got to be able to explain the numbers. You got to know how many days it takes to get from listing to contract and how many showings you would have between those days, median and average. Okay. Distressed market, a lot of short sales and bank owned inventory and a distressed market could mean that there's shadow inventory that the banks haven't put out yet. So right now we are not in a distressed market, but it's coming. And I believe 2022, 2022. All right. All right. So let's see what else did I put on here. Um, do you know what makes a listing sell? Do you know? And this is where I'm going to ask all of you that have listed houses to jump in. Do you know what makes a listing sell? And I even say, um, and I don't know if I put it here, like, do you know the trends in real estate right, right now? What makes a listing sell? So if I come to a property 
um, and by the way, this is where you need to put on your stagers hat. And I'm full disclosure. Some of you this weekend need to clean out your car. Mm. Let me say it again. Some of you need to clean out your car and some of you need to clean your house. Be and, and I get it. Like I need to clean my house so badly because we've been renovating. So, so price correctly. I need some, other, there's some other things I want you to say. Price correctly. Um, someone said price and condition recent updates. Okay. I mean, I, there's, there's some other things I'm looking for here. There's really, there's some other things I'm looking for. I'm looking for the stuff you guys aren't thinking of. So do you sell? Yeah, you could sell lifestyle, not amenities, or I would say sell lifestyle and amenities. So I like that lifestyle and amenities. Um, what makes a house sell? You guys are, you give me the basic stuff. Ty, right? Smells good. Go bake a pie. That's true. Um, doesn't make it sell, not neat and clean. And the reason why I said to all of you, you need to take a second and look at your own house, walk out the door and walk back in and say, if I were selling my house, would someone buy it? Because now when you go to a seller's property, you can be real with them and say, look, I get it. I live in my house every day. Right now, if you went to my kitchen, you'd probably be mad at me. But I mean, like, how can you be personable with the seller? So let me give you an example. Um, declutter, photos, uh, Lourdes, you know that's not everybody, right? We know. We know that's not everyone, but yeah. Neutral decor, okay. Deep cleaning, fabulous photos, definitely hire a professional. Front door. So let me, so someone said, uh, here's a new tip. Curb appeal. How many of you have driven up to a house, the buyer's behind you there, and they call you, we're not going in, I hate the house. I don't like how it looks on the outside affordability location more bang for the buck curb appeal okay so here's what i'm looking for when you walk into a house what would make you buy it at, as a consumer what would make you buy it my husband doesn't care he will buy a house that looks like a dump because he can see past it for me let's talk about this when you go into the bedroom what does it look like when you go into the kitchen, what does it look like? So these are things that help your house sell. Sheena, I'm, I was waiting on you to say it. All of the appliances match, right? You got a white microwave, you got a black stove, and you got a stainless steel fridge that they just bought. That's the hard part of them telling them to clean up. Oh, Ty, here's my tip. I don't care if it's your girlfriend. I don't care if it's your boyfriend. You need to get somebody else to get dressed up and say, I have someone that's going to walk through your house and tell you what to fix. You don't need to be the bad guy. Yep, hire a cleaning service. Is it staged well? And there's a difference between a stager and an interior designer, by the way. Large closets. Oh, and Trina, not only large closets, but if you ever get to take the staging certification, um, when I walk into my closet right now, the consumer would say, nope, closet's not big enough because I got too much stuff in there. So closets sell a house if they are clean. So if you know you like to buy shoes, clothes, you got all the stuff, you got all every purse. Now you need to get a lot of that out and it need the consumer need, when the consumer starts moving their stuff in, that's how you know the house is gonna sell. I currently have a listing 
seller in forbearance, but does not want to do a short sale. But if we're going through a regular sale, I don't believe it will appraise at a higher price. Okay, you gotta, are you asking me a question or are you just sharing? Um, so let me go back to what sells. It's the, it's the feeling, it's the, when I walk in, I can see myself in the property. So here's what I need all of you to do. I don't care if you go to Lowe's, Home Depot, Menards, Ace Hardware, the local mom and pop, you need to know what the trends are in, in, um, in real estate, in a residential property. What is selling a house right now? And I'm going to tell you, space for an office, space for an office. I don't care if it's a closet that was converted into an office, space for an office, right? It is the, uh, right now, it's the open, airy feel. So go. So I told you where, where you can go. Go to House, H-O-U-Z-Z, -Z, and go to Pinterest and put in trends for kitchens, bathrooms, and bedrooms. And here's something else. And I did say that you guys should all hire someone else or get someone else to walk through. Um, oh, okay, Janet. So I would. you definitely need to do this. Uh, I'll come back to you, Janet. When you walk into a house, take notes. Take notes on office space for e-learning. Yes. Take notes on the house. Like if they need to declutter, say, I'm, I'm going to walk through your house and you might be mad at me. So if you don't have someone that can do this for you, say at the end, you might be upset with me, but it's okay. I want you to really understand what you need to do. That's why I said you need to go clean your car because the next time you go to someone's house and if they walk you back to your car and your, how, your car is dirty and nasty, they're going to be like, how can they tell me this? And their car is disgusting. Okay. I'm just telling you what I've seen and what I've heard. So I'm going to walk through the house. And if I see a cat, if I see a dog, if I see a ferret, if I see a pet skunk, and by the way, my mother had a friend with a skunk, de-skunked. Yes. Oh, we were bad kids. We chased that skunk around. <laughs> anyway, the things you learn when you listen to my lives. So you, you get your, this is where old school notebook with Carrie, right? I have a notebook or you take your iPad, right? You walk through the house and you, you look at, okay, we've got a lot going on in here, right? We've got a lot going on. Go in the bedroom, go in the bathroom. And then at the end, you're going to say, okay, I'm gonna, I want to give you some suggestions because we all live in our houses. But when someone else comes to your house, they have to be moving into your house mentally. Some of your buyers move into every house they walk into. They need, you, they need to start putting their furniture in and they, we need to create a dream for that buyer. So while you might feel like, Carrie, well, this is my house and this is how I live in it every day, that's not what the buyer thinks. You want that house to fly off the shelf the moment someone walks in. So then the next thing I might say is, do you have a budget? Do you have a budget to update? Do you have a budget to make updates? And if they say no, okay. So here's what I need you to do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend like you have a budget. I need you to, first thing I need you to do is, when do you want to get your house on the market? Okay, January. Okay, and I also want you to know that in our MLS, we have a private listing network. This is, this is where a lot of us don't provide value. I do think there's a private listing network in Florida and a few other states. Our private listing network gives us the ability to put the property in the MLS and it's not syndicated to Realtor.com, Trulia, Zillow, and all of your other companies, my company, no other company. And it's only available to the 45,000 real estate agents in our MLS. So Mr. And Mrs. Seller, I'm going to give you your task. We're going to get your house ready to get on the market. We're going to sign all the paperwork in 48 hours. And these are the things I need you to do because you said you want to list after the Super Bowl. Okay, great. So what you're going to do is you're going to 
Um, I need you to start. What's easy for you? Big or small? Okay, small. All right. So I want you to go in every ba uh, bathroom. I want you to get a garbage bag that no one else, right, laughing out loud, my car stays clean. Yes, Ty. Um, I want you to go in the bathroom. I want you to get a garbage bag that you can't see through. And I want you to throw out everything that you haven't used in the last two months. Get rid of all of it, right? Um, then what I want you to do is you can go to the Dollar Tree, Home Goods, TJ Maxx, Walmart, Target, wherever you want to go, the at-home store, old-time pottery. And I want you to, we're gonna, we're gonna cut, make your closet look like new construction. Oh, you don't know what that looks like? I'm gonna send you a few ideas on how you're gonna re, you're gonna stage this closet. And you're gonna actually wish you had done this a long time ago. That's something they can start with right away. The other thing you're gonna say to them is, when we take photos, I have, and by the way, I have my own bins of staging materials especially if there's a vacant room and, and I'm going to come in and I'm going to put new pillows on your bed and I'm going to put a new comforter. Now you told me you didn't have the funds to make updates, but if you do have the funds, this is what I'd like you to do. Here are the trends. I would like you to change your, your, your bedding. I would like you to, and, and let me tell you, <laughs> please go to the house when the photographer comes. I, I had to step back please go to the house when the photographer goes, or you need to have the seller FaceTime you, IMO you, Zoom, whatever, to show you how they cleaned up. Because I went to a property and the seller said, I cleaned everything up. Let me tell you what she did. She took all of her perfumes, all of her lotions and pushed them all together on the dresser in the bedroom. Wait for it. She took all the stuff that was in the bedroom and piled it up in a corner. And she was like, okay, it's clean. It's clean. I said, you need to get rid of this stuff. That's why I said, get a black bag. And the stuff you want to keep, I don't care what kind of bag or a bin so you can see through it. You, they got to start packing. They got to start moving out into their new house. Listen, this is how you provide value. We think, and... Sheena knows, I'm, I really want her to go live, you guys. Tell everybody on here, go tell Sheena in her DM that you need her to go live every Tuesday. Please pressure her to go live so she can show you guys that real estate is not easy because we make real estate look easy, right? Yikes. And have you ever gone to a house and you're like, this is what we do. As real estate agents, we go to your listings and I'm like, oh my gosh, the toilet seat is up. What? You took your own photos and you're in the photo? Wait a minute. You got cereal on the kitchen table? Now, let me say you could stage a property. And this is where some of you, if you have a vacant house, you can use old cereal boxes, put them in the pantry. There are things you can do. But really, you couldn't wash the dishes the day of the, fo the uh, photos? This is why you need to show up. Because what you think is clean the consumer doesn't think is clean. And some of you might just tell your buyers, go look at new construction. But if you think they're going to buy that new construction, you need to go with them. Right. Yes, please. Everybody on the feed, tell Sheena to go live to tell you what she really does. The truth, the real truth, the real truth. All right. So that's another way to provide value. All right, let me hurry up. Um, do you know your value? Do you know your value? Yeah, see, people are DMing you right now. <laughs> Do you know your value? 
if you're a new real estate agent, at the beginning of my journal, I ask you to tell me your why. There are books you can buy, but I'm going to give you a tip. Right. Show up an hour early. Listen, I've had agents. I'm in another group where I watch and people like I don't clean up for people. If you're a new agent and you are just starting out and you don't have the budget to pay someone 100 or 150 bucks out of your own pocketbook. Listen, go and help, especially if it's your friend, especially if it's your friend. And we can debate this. Some of you are like, nope, not my job. Fine. It's not. It really isn't your job. But you need to learn how to be the entrepreneur. So then when you do hire someone, and let's say you're going to hire someone that's going to work with you, it's going to be an assistant, and they're going to go help stage, they need to know what it's like to sell a house. Because living in a house and selling a house is a whole lot different. Just because you love all of your your Yodas, right? This, this, right? This is for the grandbaby, something for him to do to keep him occupied. Just because you like Yoda doesn't mean anybody else likes Star Trek or um, Star Wars. They don't like the stuff we like. So you got to make sure that the house is ready to sell. However, if it's in someone's office with all of their, their cool things, they just need to put some of that up. And by the way, some of the stuff for some people is really valuable. They might just want to put it up. I had a, so let me give you another example. And then I'll go back to your value. See, Sheena says, okay, y'all, I'm going to do better in, in 2021. All right. Um, so when you, when I went to a property, not to, it was one of my neighbors. Okay, Carrie, we're moving to Arizona. And this is really, well, it might've been Nevada. This is a true story. I went into the house and I'll tell you, I am really good at your house, not my own house, right? One day when Sheena's mom retires, she's going to be my next stager. Like I need her to help fix my bedroom and my kitchen. So I went to a property and they had all this furniture. When I say they were living in the house, they were living in the house. They had one room that was the office. They had a chase, chase. Um, they had a, they had sofa, love seat, bookshelves, all this stuff. And they said, Carrie, don't worry. We're getting rid of all the furniture in the house. I said, wait a minute, let's talk. This is what I want you to do. Because they said they had the money to, to make changes. They were going to put in granite counters. I said, wait for that too. Let me tell you what I want you to do. I went through the whole house. First thing I do is I look at the switch plates and the outlets. If they're dirty, I'm like, go to Home Goods, I'm, um, go to Home Depot, Menards, wherever, go buy all new face plates. Next thing I did is I looked at the light fixtures. What's the trend that, that year in light fixtures? I think gold is back. Ugh. Say, I need you to update. You don't have to be, you don't have to spend all this money. So they are like, okay. And they said, we're just going to have the first floor painted. I said, why? Why not just paint the whole house? Really, Carrie? Yes, paint the whole house. Okay, and we're just going to put carpet in the basement. I said, why? Just put carpet in the whole house. Okay, and, and then I said, I'd rather you do that than put in granite counters. And then, so they painted, they put in all new carpet. They took down some of their valuables, um, after we took photos because they had signed um, uh, like jerseys, Bears jerseys, all of this sports paraphernalia. And they took all that down after. And then I said, okay, don't take out all, all the furniture. Take out this, 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 and this. Leave this. We, I made their house look so good with like four pieces of furniture that was in, stuffed in one office. They were like, we should have done this before. I'm like, yep, too late, but you didn't ask me. And they put in granite counters and they made $20,000 more than they would have. 
but they have the money to spend. So what is your value? And, and literally the key is, is giving the house um, that open feel and people seeing themselves in it. Because if you have too much and your furniture is too big, we're out. All right. So here's your value. Um, and Janet, I know if you're still here, send me a DM and I'll chat with you uh, privately. Cause I know you want me to answer that question about yourself. Um, Yes, thank you uh, for saying, especially showing up on pictures. Really, right, we do not wanna see another one of you in those photos. Agreed, my sellers know I'm the expert and they expect me to tell them what to do to prepare the list. You hear that? So value, if you're a new agent and you're like, Carrie, I don't have any value. I told you right away, you need to learn how to explain data. Here's the number, here's the second thing you need to do. Take a second. And I don't care if you are 18 years old coming into the business. I don't care if you're 20 years old coming into the business. Um, I love it. I keep a broom and cleaning supplies in my trunk. You're a little better than me. I do keep a flashlight and some deodorant and some other things and a tape measure, but that's a good idea. Um, yeah, the older we get, I'm just, listen, I'm just telling you the truth. We forget things the older we get. All right, so number two, I want you to write down every real job you had. So if you worked for McDonald's, you are an expert in customer service. You don't have to say that you know how to cook a burger. You don't have to know how to say that I worked at McDonald's. No, I want you to take your life history. Every job you've had has prepared you for today. If you were a stay-at-home mom or dad, working with kids is like working with people. You have to learn how to listen. You have to learn how to explain to get people. You know how you have, you have to figure out how to get people to do what you want without realizing that they just did what you wanted them to do. So you, you got, you're already a great negotiator, right? Um, let me get back to what I was thinking about. So if you worked at McDonald's, you're an expert at customer service, why? Especially if you were a supervisor, so you already know how to manage things. If you were a stay-at-home mom or dad and you manage the finances, you are an expert in, in, in managing money. So other people's, this is one of the biggest sales or purchases they'll ever make. So you need to take what you've done in the past and put it into your bios and your elevator speech. So again, um, McDonald's, someone probably threw a Big Mac at you and you, you have, you are calm, cool, and you have, you are emotionally removed. It is not about you. That person was just pissed. Now, if you ask my husband, if someone threw a Big Mac at him, he'd probably jump over the counter. That's why I probably needed to negotiate. But anyway, I used to work for Sears Roebuck and Company. And I had, um, this mom was in the store and the son spit on the floor. I am an expert at customer service. I didn't react. I just said, excuse me, young man, here's a paper towel. I'm going to need you to clean that up. With my firm voice and my stir and my, man, my look, I am an expert in customer service. I used to edit television for a living. Um, I used to, I, I'm good at talking. I'm on WBBM every other week. I um, used to uh, manage demo equipment. I used to be an admin. I know how to manage. So everything you've done to this point, especially if you're a new agent, you have to show that value. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a few, so uh, I do have a few one-on-ones left in my smartgirl.media. So there's a few in there, I think. There might be one or two. So I have a few. I don't do it often because my goal is to train the agents in my office. That's my goal. 
Um, that's great. I tell my buyers if they update over time, yes, if they update over time while living there, when it's time for me to sell their home, they won't feel like they are shelling out a lot of cash. Here's another way to provide value. I probably should have just told Sheena, right? You can, so I, I created this journal and I'm just, listen, there's enough out here for all of us. You could open up a Word document. You could open up Canva. You could come up and you need 21 pages to publish on Amazon. You could come up with your own, um, how to maintain your house when you're a new buyer. And you could come, or it could just be a download. You could create a three ring binder and then that is a part of your gift when someone goes to buy, or better yet, Maybe it's what you give that buyer, the new homeowner, next year. Or maybe it's something you drop off and say, hey, now I know that you're settled. You're here for three months. I just wanted to drop this off so you can maintain your home. So when we go to sell it in five to 10 years, you absolutely know what you should have been updating. And you can track it. So that's something you can come up with. Now, the bonus is you could sell it on Amazon and anybody could use it. All right, so I do that in my own home as well. Yep, ask Sheena, I try to update something every single year. It really does make a difference. It really does make a difference. Um, so now, and we're, and I almost have to end because I'm gonna get this countdown in a moment. Do you know how to convert a customer to a client? Everyone we talk to is a customer until they're converted. This is where I need you to go back. <clears throat> and watch my video on um, when I talked about uh, being able to getting someone to make a decision to work with you. I have to think about what that, that video is. Oh, maybe I can find it since I'm in my own account. Um, do you know how to convert the client? Do you know how to help them make a decision? So the moment, if you're showing property, if you're showing houses and you can see that they're in the property, now this could be a whole conversation by itself. That's why I need you to go back and watch another live on IGTV or replay. When someone starts moving in, now again, I did give you the disclaimer that there are some people that will move into every property they're in. So when you get to the property, you need to be able to say, and it doesn't have to be right away, can you see yourself here? But you need to be able to have those conversations. Can you see yourself in this home? And if they say no, you need to be able to ask the follow-up questions. Can you tell me why? The kitchen is too small. Okay. So right out the gate, you know you need to update your search and put in a, the diff a different size kitchen because they're really looking for a kitchen. Now, you should already know this because you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have had to show that house. So you need to know how to close. You need to know how to be able to say, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go back to my car and I'm going to write the offer. And you need to make see if you get any pushback. Is there any hesitation? Because if there's hesitation, you need to figure out why. But the um, And here's another way to, to close a buyer. When you have your buyer consultations, you need to say, it is okay to write an offer on the first house you see. Write that down. It is okay to write an offer on the first house you see. And if they say, really say yes, because the house you really love won't be there in this market because remember here goes when I'm back to data because remember I shared with you that properties like this are getting 20 showings in the first 10 days and it we came to see it the house went on the market an hour ago and we're going to see it now so it is okay for you to write an offer on the first house you see and this is here's the other part of value do you know what your contract says 
do you know what that contract, what your contracts say? Because if you don't know, you, I can say, because in our, um, on our contracts, they, in the first five days, really 10 days, the buyer and the sellers have the ability to get out of the deal. So sometimes you need to help them make a decision. If they love it and they love it, the next one I might say is, are you willing to lose it? This is why I don't go into car dealerships because, well, first of all, I'm willing to walk out because I don't, the car salesman, they just make me crazy or a salesperson. So you need to be able to say to them, are you willing to lose this house? Because if they're not willing to lose it, now here's another part of value. Um, is it price? Because someone might say to you, Carrie, it's too much. It's too, or they might say, well, am, will I be able to sell it in five years? Well, let's go back to, you said you wanted, you wanted this type of a house and you are willing to pay this. So now has something changed? You've got to be able to close it. Same thing with the sellers. And I kind of talked about that at the beginning. I kind of talked about that at the beginning. All right. So I'm trying to, um, oh, so I have a series uh, in my Coffee with Carrie series. It's called um, Qualifying Questions for Your Clients. So go back and watch that because I am sure I'm going to get the countdown. All right. So, and that's in the IGTV tab on my page. All right. So. Yeah, I really pretty much went over everything. So do you know when the buyer's ready to write an offer? Just said that. So do I have any questions? I probably have about two minutes. I like this statement. The first five or 10 days, they can get out. It depends on your marketplace. Read your contract. Read your contract. It's not that simple. You, I need every real estate agent to read the contract. And if you don't know something, go write down, get the contract out, get a sheet of paper. And our contract is 13 pages in Illinois. The Chicago contract, there's two contracts you can use. There's a Chicago contract for Chicago market and we have the 7.0 that anyone in Illinois can use. So take a second, look at every paragraph and write down what you would say. So that inspection period and that attorney review period is when someone can get out for no reason. They have, they have the ability. And by the way, I am not an attorney. I'm not an attorney. Um, oh, in Southern Illinois, it's the 7.0. You can use the 7.0. Talk, some, some associations have different contracts. But in all of Illinois, and I'm an instructor in Illinois, you can use the 7.0 contract. And I'm going to refer you back to your designated managing broker. Um, yep, the attorney review and the inspection period. So absolutely. So do I have any other questions? So here's the things you need to walk away with while you're thinking about if you have a question or you might have to DM me. Do you know how to explain market data? Do you know the difference between buyer's market, seller's market, stable market? Um, let's see. If they say it is the price, what is my best follow-up question? This is where you go back to um, when you had your buyer consultation you need to be able to say it's in your price range that in you in, in if you have home snap or if you have your mls you can do the quick calculations what changed because if you're in the price point that they want to be in something changed so if it's in their price point then it shouldn't be an issue yep send them the comparables oh man we could go on and on and this is where i need to interview sheena you must always 
send comparables to your clients because if you're in a multiple offer situation and the multiple offer is above um, asking price, you need to be able to say to the buyer, I'm not sure if this property will appraise. Are you prepared to come to closing with the additional funds? And if the buyer says no, when you write the offer, you need to be able to say to the listing agent, my buyer is coming in at this price. And if it doesn't appraise, because you ask for closing costs or whatever, we want the property at that price. A lot of agents, we just write offers. Go do a market analysis. It should, if you're good at this, this is where you got to learn how to use your MLS. It should take you less than five minutes. It should take you less than five minutes. Yes, uh, Gabrielle Chapel. Yes, I always do a market analysis. You always have to do the comps. You always have to do the comps. All right. Um, so, you know, seller's market, three months or less. We're in a seller's market. Watch the marketplace. Go take the short sale by foreclosure course. Um, you need to know how to list a short sale. You need to know how to list a property that's short of what the homeowner owes, especially if we get into a um, pre-foreclosure market. I think it's going to happen. It won't be like 2013, but you need to be able to explain if someone qualifies or not. Uh, let's see. I swear Instagram is giving me more time. Uh, also, um, do you know what makes a listing sell? Go to Pinterest. Go to um, go to House. Go to your Lowe's, your Home Depot's, your Menards, your Ace Hardware's, your local mom and pop shops. Talk to a stager. Interview a stager. If you're afraid to go live on social media, interview a stager for your network. It is better when you interview someone if you are nervous about going live. Great job. I want to teach that class so badly, uh, Ethel. Do you know um, how to convert? Yep. So that's about it. Uh, if you are someone watching and you, you haven't taken the short sale foreclosure course, I would go to my association first. I would also try to get it where you get someone live so you can ask questions. So Main Street Organization of Realtors, succeedwithmore.com. Chicago Realtor has it. Um, is a, oh, now you, you struck a nerve, Erica. Um, oh, and NAR has the course, but it's recorded. Let me see if I can teach it. Let me see if I can figure out, how, it's only one day, it's like six hours. Let me see if I can teach it. And send me a DM, do you like mornings, um, afternoons, evenings, or weekends? Cause I can, I'm, I'm certified to teach it. Uh, okay, so is a short sale negotiator always needed? Nope. You need a good attorney. So if you're in a state that does not have a, um, you're not an attorney state, then you might hire a short sale negotiator. Um, and I get it. If you're a top producer, you need to be out working with your clients and you shouldn't have to manage the short sale. But in 2007, eight, nine, I was doing short sales and there was no attorney that understood short sales. I knew short sales better than the attorney. So I get it. So go Google, go Google. Good morning, Connie. Go Google Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac short sale guidelines. I need you to do that. Go Google Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac short sale guidelines so you get an idea of how they work. And then at least you can have a good conversation with the homeowner. I don't need all the fluff when I go to a, um, when I talk to my sellers about a short sale. They just need to know that I'm going to help them through the process. And in Illinois, we've got some really good attorneys 
that can help you through the process. Because in our state, attorneys get paid on the title. They get paid um, as an attorney from the seller. So we don't need that negotiator. We don't need it. Oh, yeah, weekends are great, especially for those of us that, listen, I had a regular job when I started selling real estate, so I get it. All right, everyone. So thank you for joining me.